What's up? My name is Harmony and I am your host here on What the Actual F. I hope that you're having a great day. And before I get started, if you want to skip ahead, go ahead. But I just want to say thank you. I got an anonymous email sent into the podcast just letting me know that my most recent episodes are really great and that I'm doing really great work. And just, it meant a lot to me. So to whoever sent that to me, thank you. Thank you so very much because knowing that there are people out there that are enjoying what I enjoy doing just, I don't know, gives me the warm and fuzzies. Okay, enough emotional stuff. Let's get, well, let's just talk about people dying. Okay, wow, we're going to get dark. Okay, let me just warn you. This case today is very, very, very triggering in so many ways. Um, I want to throw that out there. There's... It's, it's a very, um, it's just a really, it's a, it's a case, okay? It's a, it's, it's something, you know, I, I can't, we're just going to get into it, a kind of, I'm going to, I'll run it down for you. Today, we're going to talk about the 2014 Isla Vista killings. Now, I'm probably saying the Isla incorrectly, and I'm sorry, but this is what we're going to talk about, and it is a very horrible, horrible Thing that happened and it was caused by a man named Elliot Rogers. On the evening of May 23rd, 2014, Elliot Roger killed six people and injured 14 others by gunshot, stabbing, and, and, yes, I, I wasn't done with those two already if those were not bad enough. <laughs> he also used a vehicle and rammed them and into people, you know, as one does on a normal afternoon. Um, this was all in Vista, uh, Isla Vista, California, near the campus of the University of California, Santa Barbara. He then killed himself. So let's break down what Elliot did. He stabbed three men to death in his apartment. Apparently he did this one by one, as they arrived, he just stabbed them. That's a hell of a fucking greeting, okay? Like, uh-uh, no, this is why I don't go to people's houses. <laughs> not during a pandemic, and not when people are out here just being like, hey, say hello to my little friend. So then about three hours later, he drove to a sorority house, and after he just, you know, couldn't get inside, he then shot three women from the outside of the house two of which died. So yeah, he's, he's racking them up. Uh, and this is all within like a three hour-ish time span. It's crazy, but it gets even crazier. He then began to drive through, I, I think it's, again, I think it's Isla, Isla Vista, Isla Vista, Isla Vista, I'm so sorry, I can't say, Vista, okay, I'm sorry, I can't say it. Um, shooting and wounding several pedestrians from his car and then striking several others with his car. He exchanged gunfire with police twice, not just one time, yeah, he had two times, and was injured in the hip. After this, he then crashed his car into a parked vehicle. 
he was found dead inside with a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Yeah, this case is fucking crazy. So buckle up. Now, before I fully continue with this case, uh, you guys may have heard that clip in the beginning. I mean, if you're listening to the podcast, you, you probably heard that clip. See, Elliot had a YouTube channel. It is now since removed, but with my digging and investigating, I found all of the videos. So, yeah, that was a nice little video of him at a party, and you don't see him in the video. You can just hear music and his friends laughing and having a good time. But before this happened, well, let me say, after he shot the men in his apartment, he uploaded a video to his YouTube before he went and shot those three women at their sorority. Yeah, he uploaded a YouTube video titled Elliot Rogers Retribution, in which he outlined his plan to attack and his motives. He explained that he wanted to punish women for rejecting him and sexually active men because he envied them. He also emailed a lengthy autobiographical manuscript to acquaintances, his therapist, and his family members. The document appeared on the internet and became widely known as his manifesto. In it, he described his childhood, family conflicts, frustration over inability to find a girlfriend, and his hatred of women. His contempt for couples, partially interracial couples, and his plan for what he described as quote-unquote retribution. Yeah, so let's dive in and talk about Elliot Roger and who exactly this crazed man was. Hey. Elliot Roger here. Right now I'm just taking a walk through the park in this really nice secluded area. And I'm just contemplating about my life and how unfair it's been lately. So let's talk about Elliot's early life. Elliot Oliver Robertson Roger was born in London, England, United Kingdom, and he moved to the United States with his parents when he was about five years old. He was raised in Los Angeles by his father, British filmmaker Peter Roger, his paternal grandfather, photojournalist George Roger, and his mother, a Malaysian Chinese research assistant for a film company. He also had a younger sister who was born before his parents ended up getting divorced. And then after his father then got remarried, he and his father's second wife, who was a Moroccan actress, ended up having a son together as well. So... He went to a lot of different schools, and I'm going to probably botch the names, but I'm just going to name them. He went to Crespi Carmelite High School, which was an all-boys Catholic school in Encino, Los Angeles, and then he went to Taft High School in Woodland Hills. Not done yet, though. He also graduated from Independence Continuation High School in Lake Balboa in 2009. He then briefly attended Los Angeles Pierce College and Moore Park College before moving to Isla Vista or Isla Vista in 2011. He attended Santa Barbara City College as well. And then in his manifesto, the video I told you about all of that, he said that he dropped out of his classes into, in February of 2012. 
After the killings, the school actually verified that he had no longer been taking classes at the time of everything. Now, I was, I, I've moved a lot. I was born in Germany. So that was due to my father being in the military. I'm not positive why he moved around school so much, but maybe the next thing we're gonna talk about, mental health and social problems, could explain why he went to so many different schools. Okay, according to his family's attorney and a family friend, Elliot Roger had seen multiple therapists since he was eight years old. But the attorney said he had never been formally diagnosed with a mental illness. He was, however, diagnosed with persuasive developmental disorder, not otherwise specified. It is an autism spectrum disorder, and that was in 2007. By ninth grade, Roger was increasingly bullied and wrote later that he cried by himself at school every day. I'm going to pause the podcast right there for a second before I even continue and talk about the fact that bullying is a massive problem in our society. We are always quick to defend those who get bullied, but yet we continue to bully as well. Now, I'm only stating this because when I was in high school, I was bullied. I tried to take my own life. I had a friend in high school that did take his own life due to bullying from others. I'm not justifying Elliot Rogers' actions in any fucking manner. But I am going to say this right now and I will always stand by this. The actions of those around you, though we were always told, do not stoop to their level. Do not let it bring you down. You are stronger than that. Doesn't fucking mean that it doesn't hurt and that shit does not replay in your head. We need to understand that. We need to fix the source of the problem instead of trying to put band-aids on the after effects. Okay, now let's continue with the podcast. During the time of these kids bullying him and him, you know, dealing with this every day, the the crying to himself and just, you know, probably in his own mental torment, he developed an obsession with the multiplayer online game World of Warcraft. There is a game that I have not heard of in so fucking long. He became obsessed. It dominated most of his teenagers and briefly into his early 20s. I'm going to say something right now that I, I don't know, I haven't really shared a lot of, but I was obsessed with League of Legends, so I understand, okay? I get it. I fucking do. I've, I can't, I don't even want, I'm ashamed of how many days I wasted just sitting. I'm not actually ashamed of it. I enjoyed every fucking moment of it, okay? Anywho, so, you know, he, he became obsessed with that. It was his, his out, his coping mechanism. At Crispy Carmelite High, he was bullied, and in one incident, his head was taped to a desk while he was asleep. Dude, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I got paddled for just looking at my teacher cross, taping someone's head to a desk. Mm -mm, I would be buried under the school. According to Roger, in 2012, the one friend that he had in the whole world who truly understood him said he didn't want to be friends with him anymore without offering any reason as to why. I don't know about you, you know, I, my boyfriend has his best friend and they have been best friends since they were wee little lads, okay? I don't know why I said an Irish accent like that, maybe because he is partially Irish, I don't know, but they've had each other in their lives forever. 
I, on the other hand, have lost best friends. Like, I really have. Some because they're just toxic, <laughs> or our relationship was toxic via on my side as well, I admit fault. Or the one that sticks out the most is a woman that I was very close to when I was about 18. We looked like twins. She was my favorite person in the whole world. And one day she just said, I'm sorry, I can't be your friend anymore. And to this day, I've never had a reason. I've even reached out and asked and she was very kind, but didn't give me a reason. So we've never spoke ill of each other and I never will, but I can understand his pain. Absolutely. That shit fucking hurts. It's like getting ghosted on the worst level. Here's a reason I'm gonna go, but it's not a reason. Love you, goodbye. As I told you, he had a YouTube account and a blog titled Elliot Rogers Official Blog, through which he expressed loneliness and rejection. He wrote that he had been prescribed respirated, re okay, you know what? This looks easy. Respiridone, oh, got it, but refused to take it. That's, that's not good, guys. If you are prescribed something, you should obviously take it. At least see how it works. Talk to your doctor, and if they genuinely don't think it's doing something or they're thinking it's having a bad effect, they will help. I have to take medication every single day for the rest of my all until I'm 50, because otherwise, if I don't, I will be in full-blown menopause because I went through cancer and I don't have all the bits that keep me nice and cool. So... See, I'm not cool. That's see, I just stated it. Okay, well, I mean, the meds make me never mind. Uh, the joke's gone. Uh, so he had to take this and he refused to take it. After researching this medication, he states that he found it was the absolute wrong thing for him to take. You guys know Google, Dr. Google. That is the doctor we all trust in the world. Absolutely, if you are arguing with me right now, you know you're lying. You know. If you have had a headache for longer than three hours, you're sitting there like, okay, this is fucking it. I'm probably dying. I'm not going to go to the fucking ER though because they're going to laugh at me and be like, a headache? What? Oh, your vision's blurring? Okay, here's a $1,000 check for coming in. Are you sure you want me to do vitals? Because that's going to be another like five grand. You, you do? Okay. No, we don't want that. We're in America here. In America, that's how it is. I don't know anywhere else. Anywhere else, I don't know how it is. I hear it's not like that. And if it's not, tell me about it. But we go to Google because, no, we don't want that check. And Dr. Google will tell us either A, you are dying, B, cut off a limb because you need to, C, it's something that you're taking and it's causing these effects. So stop that now. I understand why he did what he did, okay? I get it. I get it. Why am I sympathizing with this man? What? I've become the villain in 2021. I've become what I hated. I'm just kidding. Let's continue. After turning 18, Roger began rejecting mental health care and became increasingly isolated, which is not good. It's not good to isolate yourself. As humans, we need social interaction. As much as us introverts hate it, we do need to go out, exhaust the battery sometimes, then come back in and recharge for like a year. He said that he was unable to make friends. Although acquaintances argue and say differ. They say that he actually just kind of rejected their attempts at being friendly and wanting to do something. It just, he didn't really want to be around. A family friend, Dale Lunaire, said that 
he actually talked to him about approaching women, but that Roger didn't follow any of the advice. Lunaire also commented that when he met Roger at eight or nine, he could see that there was something wrong with him. Looking back now, he strikes him as someone who was broken from the moment of conception. I feel like I understand that, and if you don't understand that, then I don't know if you've experienced enough trauma in your life for that statement to make a lot of sense. Not that I am stating that anyone's trauma is far worse, better, or anything, and outshines anyone else's. My apologies, I'm just stating that you might not get it, because, okay, you know, before the internet comes for me, let's move forward. Seriously, don't get offended by the words that I say in this podcast. Get offended by the life that's made me say them. Okay, I'm not laughing because I just can't believe I'm about to tell you this stuff. I really am. I just, I can't. Okay. There were signs that something was up with him, that he was just not doing okay, all right? That he needed someone to talk to. Uh, in 2011, he threw coffee on a couple because he was jealous of what he was seeing, what they had. And then another incident where he splashed coffee on two girls for not smiling at him. First of all, my guy, what the fuck did coffee do to you? Like, I love that stuff. I cry when I spill it. I wish I was lying. It's also expensive. And like, I spill it. I don't know. I'm, that's probably like $5 if it's from Starbucks. So then in 2012, Roger used a super soaker. I said that correctly. You're not hearing things. A super soaker. Get this. Okay. It wasn't full of water. No. <laughs> Why? That's not. He's living. He. That's. You're living in the 90s. Nerf or nothing. No. Orange juice. Pulp. Or. Pulperation. Wait. No palpitation pulverization pulverization you know what pulp and pulverization not nerf or nothing that's right orange juice and sprayed a group of people playing kickball the fuck dude i don't what would you can you imagine playing kickball just like ah, da, 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 and then fucking face full of orange juice I'm sorry. That's some Florida shit, but that's like what you would hear from Florida man story. I can't. California? Are you guys okay? Now, Roger himself writes about an incident in July of 2013 that is believed to be the final trigger for his planning this attack that he does. Let's talk about this incident. He was mocked at a party, according to what he says, and Due to this, he tries to shove some girls over a 10-foot ledge. Instead, other guys around push him over, and his ankles are injured in this incident. Incident. Sorry, I don't know why I run a podcast when I can't speak. Now, it gets worse, because he, he left when this happened. He got away. But he went back because he had forgotten his sunglasses, and he was again mocked. But not just mocked, he was beaten. A neighbor actually can verify this. He saw Roger coming home and crying. He didn't seem like he was okay at all. He also heard him vowing to kill the men involved and then ultimately himself. 
He also wrote in his manifesto that the incident was the final trigger for his planning of this attack. Now, in January of 2014, Elliot Roger accused his roommate, Chin Young Hung, of stealing some candles. Hung actually pleaded guilty and was charged with petty theft. Then on April 30th, Roger's parents contacted police after they became alarmed by his behavior and YouTube videos. So sheriff's deputies go out and they visit Roger. They determined at this time that he did not meet the criteria for an involuntary mental health commitment. Roger told them that he had a quote-unquote misunderstanding with his parents. What we've got here is failure to communicate. I've been talking about this manifesto and his online presence, you know, his YouTube channel. His manifesto though, um, Roger emailed a 107,000 word manifesto. 107,000, that's right, you heard that correctly. I can't even write a bio on my social media platforms. But this guy can write 107,000 words about his evil plot to take over the world. That's not correct, but his evil plot. He actually titled it too. He titled it, uh, My Twisted World, the story of Elliot Roger. He sent it to 34 people, seven including his therapist, Charles Sophie, his parents and other family, former teachers of his, and childhood friends. In it, he said he'd originally sought to carry out an attack on Halloween of 2013 but reconsidered because he thought there would be too many police about and he didn't want to get caught. You guys know you don't want police around when you're committing crimes. God forbid. In Elliot's last YouTube video, Elliot Rogers Retribution, he complained of being rejected by women and envying those men who were sexually active and described his planned attack and the motives behind it. In this video, he's, you know, I'm just going to play it. The video is almost seven minutes long, but I'm going to play it for you. Just if you'd like to skip ahead and you don't want to hear it, go up about seven minutes and five seconds from right now. Hi, Elliot Roger here. Well, this is my last video. It all has to come to this. Tomorrow is the day of retribution. The day in which I will have my revenge against humanity, against all of you. For the last eight years of my life, ever since I've hit puberty, I've been forced to endure an existence of loneliness, rejection, and unfulfilled desires, all because girls have never been attracted to me. Girls gave their affection and sex and love to other men, but never to me. I'm 22 years old and still a virgin. I've never even kissed a girl. I've been through college for two and a half years, more than that actually. And I'm still a virgin. That has been very torturous. College is the time when everyone experiences those things such as sex and fun and pleasure. But in those years, I've had to rot in loneliness. It's not fair. 
you girls have never been attracted to me. I don't know why you girls aren't attracted to me, but I will punish you all for it. It's an injustice, a crime, because I don't know what you don't see in me. I'm the perfect guy. And yet you throw yourselves at all these obnoxious men instead of me, the supreme gentleman. I will punish all of you for it. <laughs> On the day of retribution, going to enter the hottest sorority house of UCSB. And I will slaughter every single spoiled, stuck-up, blonde slut I see inside there. All those girls that I've desired so much, they would have all rejected me and looked down upon me as an inferior man if I ever made a sexual advance towards them. While they throw themselves at these obnoxious brutes. I'll take great pleasure in slaughtering all of you. You will finally see that I am, in truth, the superior one. The true alpha male. <laughs> yes. After I've annihilated every single girl in the sorority house, I'll take to the streets of Isla Vista and slay every single person I see there. All those popular kids who live such lives of hedonistic pleasure while I've had to rot in loneliness for all these years. They've all looked down upon me every time I tried to go out and join them. They've all treated me like a mouse. Well now, I will be a god compared to you. You will all be animals. You are animals, and I will slaughter you like animals. I'll be a god, exacting my retribution all those who deserve it and you do deserve it just for the crime of living a better life than me all you popular kids you've never accepted me now you all pay for it and girls all i've ever wanted was to love you and to be loved by you i wanted a girlfriend I've wanted sex, I've wanted love, affection, adoration. But you think I'm unworthy of it. That's a crime that can never be forgiven. If I can't have you, girls, I will destroy you. <laughs> You denied me a happy life, and in turn, I will deny all of you life. <laughs> it's only fair. I hate all of you. Humanity is a disgusting, wretched, depraved species. If I had it in my power, I would stop at nothing to reduce 
every single one of you, to mountains of skulls and rivers of blood. And rightfully so. You deserve to be annihilated. And I'll give that to you. You never showed me any mercy, and so I will show you none. <laughs> you forced me to suffer all my life, and now I'll make you all suffer. I've waited a long time for this. I'll give you exactly what you deserve, all of you, all you girls who rejected me and looked down upon me treated me like scum while you gave yourselves to other men. And all of you men, for living a better life than me, all of you sexually active men, I hate you. I hate all of you. I can't wait to give you exactly what you deserve. Utter annihilation. <laughs> I am... Alright, stop. No more fast-forwarding. If you want to keep going and hearing more. Um, I'm sorry, by the way, if the audio in that is a little bit hard to hear. He's in a car in the video, and he's there's things like people driving. And also, I had to have the video playing and record that, and I only wanted to hear that one time. That's it. That was good for me. Didn't need to hear it again. And I had, I have lawn going on. Maintenance is, like, in my apartments there doing lawn work. So... Sorry, I wasn't going to listen to it again. <laughs> no, thank you. So, yeah, as I told you, this episode is very fucking dark. Okay? Now, let's get a little, let's get a little bit darker. Let's get, let's just get, let's turn off the fucking lights. Okay, here we go. I'm going to try to say what he wrote in his manifesto a bit here so you guys can get more of a picture. Um, he wrote in My Twisted World, the name of his manifesto, that being of mixed race made him quote-unquote different from the normal fully white kids. One online forum, he said that he opposed interracial dating and made several racist posts regarding African-American, Hispanic, South Asian, and East Asian people, stating that seeing men of these ethnic groups socializing with quote-unquote white women quote-unquote makes you want to quit life. I am not going to sit and read all of the racial things that I found that he is stating, but that is a big issue in this um, thing. He is very, he was very racist and very, it, very like, woe is me. Um, he's very angry at a few races in his manifesto due to them being with what he says is quote-unquote full white girls. He's mad at this because, and I'm, I apologize, I'm going to say this right now before I continue, I'm not trying to offend anyone, anyone at all. I swear if you get mad at me, you are justified because I probably do not realize I am saying anything wrong. I am just trying to share what this sick fuck said and did. So I'm very sorry. I want that to be known. If I offend you, please let me know and I will apologize and I will learn. If I'm ignorant to it, please inform me. 
but please do it kindly. So he continues on about a few different men of different races. It is no need for you to know those races. You don't need to even care about that. It's not the point here at all. But he is mad because he is mixed himself and that it's not okay that no girl wants him, doesn't give him any attention, but goes to full races of just one, not of a mix like him and how his is related to theirs. He's very angry about this and that on the day before his quote-unquote retribution, he will start the first phase of his vengeance for all of this toward the women and the men, silently killing as many people as he can around the Isla Vista or Isla Vista by luring them into his apartment through some form of trickery. And that is, quote, from him, trickery. He then says a, quote-unquote, war on women was the second phase of his plan. The second phase will take place on the Day of Retribution itself, just before the climactic massacre. My war on women, I will attack the very girls who represent everything I hate in the female gender, the hottest sorority of UCSB. Yeah, so... You guys see how this is getting dark and where this is going? Okay. He then stated in his manifesto that in his ideal world, he reminds me of Hitler. Oh, God, can I say that on Spotify? Can I say that on Apple? Oh, I don't know. The word is like a curse word. He reminds me of who he who shall not be, be named. Oh, don't cancel me. He imagined that he would quarantine all women in concentration. Oh, my God, I told you in concentration camps, at these camps, the vast majority of the female population will be deliberately starved to death. That would be in an efficient way, in a fitting way for them to just, you know, die off. I'm sorry. He said for him to kill them all off. I, I, I said die off. I was just, my God, this man. Yes, Hitler Jr., I hear you. You are terrifying. He also said that he would have a enormous tower built just for himself. You know, he's not overcompensating for anything, I don't think. <laughs> Never. He said, though, from his enormous tower, that is absolutely not a overcompensation for anything, um, that he would gleefully watch all the women die. He also said that he dreams of a quote-unquote pure world, where the man's mind can develop to greater heights than ever before. Future generations will live their lives free of having to worry about the barbitory of sex and women, which we will enable them to expand their intelligence and advance the human race to a state of perfect civilization. And we all know that in his perfect civilization, that meant he killed every woman that was not interested in him. And that, according to him, himself, words that he said alone, uh, was every woman he'd ever come into contact with. So, that's a lot of women. His, he then further went on and said that he also planned to kill his half-brother, his stepmother, but he was not mentally prepared to kill his father. So the man knew what he was doing. That's all I'm going to fucking say right there. So if you want to judge me for anything that I've said, stating that he is an evil maniacal human, a villain, absolutely a villain, because he is aware 
Like, he draws the line at his father. Draws the fucking line. I don't care about everybody else. Like, you don't want me? You don't smile back at me? Fuck you. Nope, not my dad. Can't do it. No, I might get grounded. He might take my car away. I can't do it. I'm not ready. Let's talk about his preparations leading up to the whole incident. In September 2012, Roger visited a shooting range to practice firing handguns. Then in November 2012, he purchased his first handgun, a Glock 34 pistol, in Goleta after doing research on handguns, choosing it as a quote-unquote efficient and highly accurate weapon. In early 2013, Roger then bought two additional handguns that were pistols of a quote-unquote higher, much higher quality than the previous Glock and quote-unquote a lot more efficient. He did purchase the weapons legally in Burbank, California. Now, how did he do this? Are you thinking if he's like super, super rich and just got his money from his mother and his father? I mean, kind of. Uh, Roger claimed to have saved at least $6,000, which was given to him by his parents and grandmothers, in order to purchase the weapons and supplies for the attacks. Gun law experts in California have said that there was nothing in his known history, though, that prevented him from making this legal firearm purchase. Roger began his attacks at his apartment on Seville Road, where three men were killed by numerous stab wounds to their upper bodies. Bloodstains later found in the building's hallway suggested that one of one or more of the victims had been attacked as he entered, and a bloody bath towel and paper towels in the bathroom suggest Roger had attempted to clean the hallway after. Their positions, their positions, their positions suggested that each was killed separately as he entered. Two of the victims were confirmed to be Roger's roommates, according to an apartment lease, while police were investigating whether the third was also resident or visiting the apartment on the night of those killings. Then after these brutal murders, he decides to go have a coffee at a coffee shop and then around 8 30 at night is when he is seen in the uh, apartment building parking lot where he looks like he's working on his laptop this is where in his car where someone sees him he's actually recording that video you heard earlier his retribution video this is at 9 17 is when he then sends out everything. He sends his manifesto email. Then at 9.18, he receives a copy of the manifesto. Um, his therapist phones his mother, who, finding the quote-unquote retribution video on his YouTube channel, because he's just out here, he is sending, his, he's like, plan is a go. We're on it. Let's go. At this point, his father's then called, and in separate cars, they leave Los Angeles for Santa Barbara, where, wouldn't you know it, he is. While they're doing this, they are calling the Isla Vista or Isla Vista, I'm sorry, I keep thinking like Isla Vista, I'm sorry, um, Isla Vista police, while they're en route to try to stop this whole event that he is saying he is doing. Roger, during this, drove to the Alpha Phi sorority house at I'm going to say this wrong. I'm so sorry. Do not come for me. Embar Carterita. Em, okay. <clears throat> say it a little bit at a time, Harmony. Embar Cadero. Embar, Embar Cadero. You know what? There we go. Uh, Del. Oh my God. There's more. Del Norte and Segovia 
Road near UCSB. Okay, I'm so sorry. I botched all of that. I'm going to continue. Where he knocked on, you know, like he knocked on the door, but he wasn't, no one let him in. No one answered. So he just then began shooting people nearby. Two women were killed and the third was injured. Roger began driving at this point, was like, this is not enough. Let's get in my car and let's, let's go GTA on everybody. He then fired into an occupied coffee shop on Pardal Road. I really hope I'm saying that one right too. Then several times into a delicatessen and a man was struck several times and then killed. He then drove south on Embarcadero del Norte, correct saying here, can't say it, on the wrong side of the street, striking a pedestrian and firing at but missing two other people that were walking on the sidewalk. He shot a couple of ex that were exiting a pizzeria and a female cyclist. He drove south on the same road that I cannot say and shot at a missed woman, turned east on Del Playa Drive, is that, it's either Del Playa or Del Playa Drive, and made a U-turn to drive west. He then exchanged fire with a sheriff's deputy responding to a telephone report of what was going on and struck two pedestrians during this incident. As he turned onto Camino del Sor, which I really hope I'm saying that correctly too, Roger shot and wounded three more people, and then at Sabido Tarde Street. And he struck a skateboarder, two cyclists, all with his car, not the bullets, his car. Turning east on Sabado Tarde, he struck another skateboarder with his car and shot two other men at the intersection with Camino Pescadero. Oh my God, am I saying this correctly? I don't know. On Sabato Tarde near Little Acorn Park. Roger exchanged gunfire then with three more sheriff's deputies. Oh my God, this is total GP, G, GTA, not GPA. This is not, no. Jesus. Okay, I'm going to continue on with this shootout. Um, he was shot in his hip during this last shootout with him. He then was pursued by police. He turned south a second time onto El Cambarcadero, I think. Then he went west again on Del Playa. Okay, so he's just going around in circles, guys. He is just turning and doing what he wants to do. Then he struck a, another cyclist and then crashed on the north sidewalk just east of the intersection of Del Playa and Camino Pascadero. So he has crashed his car and at 9.35, police found him dead inside of the car from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to his head. In the car were three pistols, knives, six empty 10-round magazines, and a five- I'm sorry, and 548 rounds of unspent ammunition. Talk about some devil's reject shit. All six victims were students at UCSB. The men killed at Roger's apartment were, I'm so sorry if I say any of these wrong, George Chen, Chen Guang, Chen Guang, I'm sorry, I'm really sorry, uh, James Hong and Weehan David Wong, the three who died from gunshot wounds were Catherine Brianne Cooper, Christopher Ross Michaels Martinez, and Veronica Elizabeth Weiss. Cooper and Weiss were the women that were killed outside of the Alpha Phi sorority house, while Michaels Martinez was the victim inside of the Isla Vista Delimart. 
Again, I'm really, really sorry for any incorrect uh, pronunciations there. Super sorry about that. Just know I tried my best. 14 other people were injured during this, seven from gunshot wounds and seven from blunt trauma sustained when Roger struck them with his vehicle. The same vehicle that he was in, in the YouTube video that you guys heard earlier, that his parents were rushing to warn people of. 11 of the injured were taken to hospitals, seven sent to the Santa Barbara Cottage Hospital, where two were admitted in serious condition, one in fair condition and two others in good condition and one patient was released on that same day. The remaining four injured were taken to Goleta Valley Cottage Hospital, where they were all treated and then released. Now there's controversy over the video airing. That's why I said it is very hard to find these. It's not like hard, hard. I mean, just go a little bit deeper than the first page on Google and there you go. I mean, like, let me just go deeper than what we really want to look on Google. That's all you got to do. I'm just going to tell you that now. But, or you can just keep coming to these podcasts where I do all of that for you and you can take my word for it. But if you want to see it, go ahead. Uh, but there is controversy over this video. Uh, several news networks limited the use of the retribution video posted by Roger for fear of triggering copycat crimes. And we all know as much as I hate to say this and it really fucking pains me. There are people out there that would do that. Because why? We all want 15 minutes of fame. Or, I don't know, people... Like, when you, he posted this, that's why I'm saying he wanted the fame of it. I'm sure there were other things wrong with him, but he wouldn't have posted if he just wanted to do it because he just wanted to fucking do it. So, maybe that's just my opinion, I'm sorry. Uh, but he, they didn't want people to copy and do the same thing. The New Statesman posted that the manifesto may influence a quote-unquote new generation of involuntary celibates. Okay, that is what we now refer to as incels. It has become a whole different community, by the way, I just learned recently as I was researching this, than what it initially was. A incel is an involuntary celibate where but not by their choice are they sexually inactive. Uh... Basically, it is now a whole different thing where now they are very angry because women are not finding them attractive, but they're also not really taking chances or when they do, they use extreme hostility. Initially, there were whole other reasons for it. I don't want to go too deep. I could be wrong. I'm just going by what I learned. Please, if I am, again, ignorant on this, inform me nicely because all I'm going by is what I found via the internet. I do not know all of this for myself. So, uh, but yes, that is what, you know, so they took the video down. YouTube also did as well. Um, I had to go to a non-YouTube site. So just wanted to let you guys know that. There were memorial services for these students. The students and community members gathered at, I cannot say it, Anescuayu Park in Isla Vista, oh my gosh, this podcast is killing me on the words, guys, um, on the evening of May 24th for a candlelight memorial to remember the victims on May 27th. I think that's amazing. Some 20,000 people attended a memorial service at UCSB's Harder Stadium. That's incredible. Seriously, it breaks my heart to know that that many people came together to show support and love for a community but it, it breaks my heart because of why it happened, not that people did it. Like, I think that's incredible and amazing because, like, wow. But for the reason is 
horrible. Then on uh, May 23rd, the first anniversary of the attacks, hundreds of people gathered at UCSB for a candlelight vigil commemorating these six slain victims. The mother of George Shen was scheduled to speak at the event as well. Now, due to the attacks, there was calls for renewed gun control and improvements on the U.S.'s current healthcare system with Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal, Blumenthal, I'm sorry, I just don't know his name, saying that a year and a half ago that they were close to the verge of a potential uh, legislation that would stop all of this madness, like this insanity with young people, the, the thousands upon thousands of young people that were seeing things in the media with guns and causing things to happen, and that he sincerely hoped that this tragedy uh, caused like just unspeakable tragedy they would stop this sort of thing and maybe bring control on guns and take them out of the hands of what we deem as society a dangerous person. And that ultimately, I'm gonna quote him stating that this man was deranged and severely troubled. Then California Senator Dianne Feinstein blamed the National Rifle Association strangehold on gun laws for the attack and said, quote unquote, shame on us in Congress for failing to do something about it. Pennsylvania Congressman Thomas, I'm sorry, Timothy F. Murphy, a clinically, uh, a clinical psychologist said his bipartisan mental health overhaul would be a solution and urged Congress to pass something as well. Like they needed to pass this, I guess. I'm sorry, this is a lot of lingo that I myself do not understand. Yeah, I'm going to admit that. I honestly don't understand how all this stuff works in legislation. All I know is that they were basically going and stating that they needed gun control from all of this. There were so many stating that this should have been the last straw. I mean, for God's sakes, he posted everything online that he was going to do, and he had the ability. There were warnings, and that was the issue. That's one of the main things that people are stating now with all of it. Richard Martinez, the father of Christopher Michaels Martinez, gave a speech in which he placed the blame of the attacks on craving um, irresponsible politicians, saying that they're evil and they're irresponsible and they don't care, and that the National Rifle, uh, Rifle Association also had a hand in it, so they are to blame as well. Martinez later urged the public to join him in, quote-unquote, demanding immediate action from members of Congress regarding gun control. He also expressed his sympathies towards Roger's parents as well in this whole incident to only imagine how they feel as parents with everything. Because remember, his parents, as soon as they started seeing something, immediately tried to get help. So they knew and they, they did. He saw therapists. So they felt they could feel their pain. You know, something was wrong with him. And they did lose a son in this. We have to remember that, you know, we are all human and we still have to remember that just because someone is associated to somebody that did a horrible, horrible thing does not mean if they had no hand in it, and especially if they're trying to stop it, they deserve to be punished. So that says a lot there, that a victim's family, own father, sent his own remorse to his parents. That's... Yeah, that's real. 
Doris A. Fuller, the executive director of the Treatment Advocacy Center, said that California law permitted emergency psychiatric evaluations of potentially dangerous individuals through provisions. I'm so sorry if you heard that. My belly just growled. I'm a little bit hungry. But such actions were never enabled during the initial police investigations of Roger. So, yeah. She does say that we are grieving over deaths of devastation and devastation caused by a young man who was sending up red flags for danger that failed to produce intervention in time to avert any tragedy. She said that in this case, obviously, the red flags were so big that the killer's parents had to call the police. And yet, the system itself still failed. Some California lawmakers called for an investigation into the deputy's contact with Roger on April 30th, at which time the California gun ownership database reflected the fact that Roger had bought at least two handguns. Deputies did not check the database, nor did they view the YouTube videos that had prompted Roger's parents' first contact with them. In September um, 2014, California legislators passed a red flag law to enable judges to have guns seized from persons who are deemed a danger to themselves or others, thanks to this case. Now let's talk about misogyny. The attack sparked discussions on broader issues of violence against women and misogyny. Now, I don't know where you stand on if misogyny is real or not in the world, but in my opinion, as a adult woman in her 30s, it does. But again, that is just my opinion and my stomach is agreeing. Roger frequented online forums such as Foo Hate. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I feel like I'm saying something wrong and I don't. So sorry. I don't know what that is. And Forever Alone, where he and other men posted misogynistic statements. Uh, they subscribed to several quote unquote pickup artists on YouTube channels and described himself online as a incel, which we discussed earlier is a involuntary celibate. It did really seem like he was trying to find a way to talk to women, but while he's doing this, catch-22-ing, he is also degrading and being angry at women. So I feel that when he's approaching this woman, he is these women, he is probably coming off very just mean and rude. And I'm sorry, let me just tell you this right now, men. You can talk to basically anybody if you find them attractive. Just don't lead with, I don't know, like mean. Don't, don't act like we owe you anything because just like you, you don't owe us. Remember that. All right, let's move forward. So he's a member of an online subculture based around its members that are perceived, they have a perceived inability. Now they have a perceived inability to find a romantic and sexual partner. This is by them. He wrote that after purchasing his gun, um, his first gun, he felt a new sense of power that now he was quote unquote armed. Who's the alpha male now, bitches, he said. Um, he thought that to himself that regarding all the girls who looked down on him in his past, he's the alpha. Yeah. He also described his plan to invade the sorority house, and he wrote, I will slaughter every single spoiled, stuck-up, 
blonde slut I see inside there. All those girls I've desired so much, they have all rejected me and looked down on me as an inferior man. And I'm sorry if it offended you in any way, shape, or form that I used any of those terms. Just know that I have also been called every single one of those terms, so I feel like I can say it. Though that is not how I feel. A woman, Mary Elizabeth Williams, objected to Roger being labeled the quote-unquote virgin killer, saying that implies that, quote, one possible cause of male aggression is a lack of female sexual um, in intimacy. Amanda Hess, um, who was writing for The Slate, argued that although Roger killed more than more men than women, his motivations were misogynistic because his reasons for hating men that he attacked and loathed so much were because he thought that they stole the women that he felt entitled to. Let me say one other thing right now. <sighs> Nobody's entitled to anything in the world. The only thing you are guaranteed, guaranteed, is, I mean, I would say pay taxes, but we all know that not everyone pays their fucking taxes. But you are guaranteed, if you are here listening right now, that you were born and that you will die. You are entitled to nothing else and stop thinking that you are. Thank you. Then, Kathy Young um, countered with, quote, that seems like a good example of stretching the concept into meaninglessness or turning it into unfalsifiable quasi-religious dogma. And wrote that Roger also wrote many hateful messages about other men. It got to where comments and coverage of misog misogyny um, as a root of cause were generated and criticisms of oversimplification, distortion of the events, which included the killings of more men than women and Roger's mental health issues. So I, I wanted you all to hear the facts of it, you know, who all died, who all was hurt and everything, you know, there was a law put in place. And also another thing that I wanted to let you guys know um, is that some writers use the hashtag quote, or sorry, quote, yeah, quote, uh, hashtag not all men on Twitter to express the fact that not all men are misogynistic and not all men commit murder. Others criticize use of this hashtag as it was considered to derail from the discussion of the issue of violence against women because someone created the Twitter hashtag, yes, all women on May 24th to express the idea that all women all, every single woman experience misogyny and sexism, although not men, I'm sorry, not all men are sexist. All right, now that is the case that I have for you today, Elliot Roger, the incel, um, self-described, self-choosing, incel who went on a well let's just uh, fucking massacre and i'm i'm sorry if you do not agree that there were red flags because there were so many so many his parents saw them and the system failed there it was driven i absolutely feel in my heart of hearts as a woman who has experienced misogyny her whole life since the moment I can think of memories I can think of men 
feeling entitled to some form of me in any way or shape they can. So yeah, um, I agree. And I have talked to several other women just in my life that experience it. It's true. But I also think without a doubt in my heart of hearts, not all men are misogynist at all. And I really, it, I'm going to say this, it, it does seem like he had a pretty tough life with the bullying. I'm not going to lie. I've been bullied. I went through a lot. It's bad. Man, that shit, shit fucking kills you inside. And I'm sorry, but when you die inside, yeah, it gets bad. Uh, so I, I can see that he was, he was definitely suffering without, you know, I'm not a licensed therapist, but you can tell if you don't think that there was something wrong and he reacted to everything in his own way. And then he went into his own world and he isolated, played video games, dude, then you've obviously, again, never felt alone in the world where you do that. But the difference is he didn't pull himself up and he found something to loathe and hate, spin it around on women because he saw men out and happy, but he, he put it toward their race instead of seeing it as they were trying and they were doing, or they were just being themselves and they were not feeling as though the women had to want them. So I don't know. That is my opinion. So, you know, this is what the actual F. And so what the actual F, if I upset you, what the actual F, I'm sorry, I apologize help me and tell me, um, what the actual F was this guy thinking. And what the actual F did I just tell you? Cause this is horrible. And I hate that I even had to tell you this again. I am thankful to the anonymous person who sent me the email. I love you really and truly. I hope I didn't let you down with this episode. Please tell me that you guys love me. I love you. I love you so much. You guys are keeping me going and wanting to create more and more with that. I think I've mentioned in the past, I'll be creating a YouTube and I am getting ready to do all of that. I'm just trying to get it all together and figure out where I really want to go with it. But I'm just letting you guys know I am. Uh, until our next meeting on this podcast. Can't wait to see you there, babe. Can't wait. Uh, you guys can follow me on Instagram. I believe my name, oh God, why can't I think of it right now, is Oh Hey It's Harmony. Yes, it's Oh Hey It's Harmony, which is also the same on my TikTok if you want to follow me on there. I love it when people follow me. I will follow you back for sure on Instagram. It gets really tough on TikTok. The max I can follow is 10,000. Sorry. I do follow those that have content that I just really want to see a lot of. And yeah, I'm constantly like unfollowing and following because I realize there's bots and everything. So but I do follow back. Um, my Facebook, you can also follow me on there. There are about 10,000 of you that currently do. I love you. To all the 120,000 plus that follow me on TikTok, I love you so much. To my, I think it's 5,000 plus on Instagram, I love you as well. You guys are super, seriously, I love you. Um, if you guys have anything you want me to uh, talk about on the podcast, if you have any mysteries, if you have anything you want me to dig into, send me a message. If you want to send me a nice little thing like anonymous did, I would love that. You can send me an email, what the actual EFF harmony at gmail.com. Also, I, I don't have a Patreon. I've got to figure out how to create it. If you want to send me an email and like literally walk me through that step by step. Cause hi, my name is harmony and I get over, uh, I overthink and I freak out. I get anxiety and I can't create cause I don't know if I'm doing it right. So if someone wants to send me how to do that, please I will love you and I will create one. But until then, if you guys can help me create, keep doing content and my artwork as a living, you can go to my TikTok or my Instagram and look at my artwork. 
and maybe get a commission from me. I really appreciate that. There have been several of you that have. I love you and thank you. Or you can also simply just donate straight to I have a fund for what I'm going through. And also you can just uh, send it to my Cash App or my Venmo. It would be very appreciated and keep me able to keep creating for you guys because every episode I have to research, put it together, and then give it to you in the best timeline form that I can. I love you guys. Can't wait to talk to you on the next episode. So sorry we have to keep meeting under these circumstances, but I'm super glad that we are so weird together and we like to meet up and discuss it. Bye guys. Stay safe.